si va a gozar, si va a bailar. Baila, si va a gozar, goza, si va a bailar. Eh, si va a bailar, eh, si va a So, so pleased um, right now. Actually, the microphone is working good, so I don't need to wear these headphones. Oh, that was a little bit of feedback. We like that, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we Very love good. a little bit of feedback. Um, Orin, um, Afronor, um, Brownswood, this is a first. It is indeed. First time for everything. Love it, love it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's weird because I think we've tried to talk before a couple of times on Radio 1. Once, I think you just about made it by the end of the interview, didn't you? Just. I got there about five seconds ago. I closed the show for you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, probably and similar situation to what you're in right now because you've got a little car situation. Problems with your car regularly, it seems. If it ain't one thing, it's another. That's why we wrote a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many things I want to talk to you about. The main reason that um, I think we're together today is to discuss discuss your um, regular trips to Puerto Rico and uh, your um, your what you've been what were you trying over there what's what's the thing with you in Puerto Rico what are you trying to blend um, well just get over the um, the obstacles of everyday life I guess um, a bit of escapism for me um, now it's about going over there and um, embracing some of the old uh, music and some of the old musicians and singers and that, working with them instead of digging in the crates for them. Um, an opportunity came up where Seiji and I got invited out there to go and um, DJ and work in a couple of clubs and actually work with some of the guys like um, Hector Calderon and uh, Giovanni Ildago who sort of frequent the island. That's their hometown. So. Who's Hector Calderon? Um, one, of the, one of the young cats, of the, the new sort of like... Um, the new fresh bloods up and he's been around in the scene for a little while now, but he's like the main sort of like percussionist out there in Puerto Rico at the moment. Other guys like Anthony Carrillo as well. They're all sort of proteges of Eddie Palmieri's and Hector Gio, um, Giovanni Aldago and Hector Laveau and all those guys, all those old sort of uh, New Yorkans. Um, yeah, so this is like the new generation. And at the same time as meeting them, I get to sort of meet some of the old guys and, and, and actually record with them. So that's what keeps um, pulling me that pulling me back. You've been there quite a few times. Yeah, you? yeah, I've probably been there about 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 twenty times over the last uh, four years. <laughs> is it is it a tourist destination? Um, it used to be. It's still like you know, it's, it's still the, the the oldest colony in the world, America's um, backdoor colony, and um, you get loads of like American spring breakers that you know do what we do with Ibiza and uh, you know Ionapa and that. So a lot, a lot of the um, uh, Miami and and LA kids come over. 
Um, and obviously a lot of New Yorkers as well come over there in their spring holidays and summer holidays, etc. So. And there's a club scene? Um, not really. Um, I go over there and I, I sort of spend most of my time in, in the salsa clubs. There's um, where we are, situated in, in San Sebastian. There's um, an old sort of um, salsa club that plays live rumba salsa plenar seven nights a week. Probably about eight or nine musicians on stage. Um, they usually have about two or three hundred people in there every single night. And then just, you know, a couple of doors down the road from that, there's a, a DJ bar where um, people like, like myself, Seiji, Sunlade, and the local sort of DJs, Max and Emilio and those guys, they play there um, seven nights a week as well. Um, and then if you go out of, outside the central, you can obviously go to like the, the main sort of clubs and that, but that's sort of predominantly sort of commercial, domestic house, imported American and British Sort of house. Yeah. So, I mean, when you first told me about the project, and obviously a lot of the productions that you've done in the past have definitely been combining a lot of the Latin rhythms. Yeah, I mean, when, I, when we first went over there, I didn't have a, you know, Latin music was Latin music to me. I didn't realise that um, the music that I was actually, what I had a, a, a sort of a passion for was rumba, was um, um, Yoruba and, and Puerto Rican and Afro-Cuban um, rumba. Um, and then sort of going over there and sort of learning about all the other sides and um, sort of shades, if you like, of all the different rhythms there. Um, found out sort of like the, a lot of the, the Todd Terry sort of style um, house that he was doing was more sort of bomber and plenar based. Um, and, and and a lot of that started coming out now. You, you can hear sort of like stuff by um, uh, Frankie Feliciano, Todd Terry, like ourselves, um, all using sort of like bomber rhythms now, which is it's very close to house, very sort of tribal, the old sort of tribal house stuff that of like the late nineties that used to come through. That was sort of quite bomber based. Um, um, then yeah, you know, sort of like going from that um, to like you know, um, and then fusing it with our broken beat and the house sort of stuff that we do from over here, and 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 sort of fusing the work that we do with the Americans, working with them, and that. I guess we're sort of like trying to sort of um, come up with a new sort of. Uh, uh, genre of music, if you like, um, but ultimately it's just a fusion, I guess, just pushing out, um, you know, ex experimenting and pushing out our boundaries a little further. That's all. Yeah, because Sinbad was—he played me a thing the other day, and he was calling it Brookerton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, <laughs> we brought Sinbad out um, um, late last year, and it's exactly that. You know, we, we were talking about sort of like, you know, the, the fusion of broken beat, house, and and salsa and rumba. And at the same time, we're out there, like reggaeton is, is absolutely massive out there and the kids are selling it by the bucket loads. Um, and and just getting those sort of uh, like artists, like the one that me and Sinbad work with, Lisa M, she's a massive one, the first like uh, divas of like hip hop or if you like, like sort of like Missy Elliott sort of style of, of Puerto Rico. Um, to get her to come in and sort of do a, um, a broken beat track with us, vocal broken beat track, and then the her doing her sort of like Spanglish, broken English, broken Spanish sort of style. Yeah, Simba was like, yeah, Brooke a ton. And he was like, yeah, that's, that works. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good tune as yeah, well. Right? Um, yeah, it's good, it's good. And it's getting a lot of play over there and support, so that's um, a good thing as well. So, What's your history? Because I know you on sort of quite a lot of levels. On one hand, you just did co-op this Sunday as a DJ regular. Obviously, that's been that. And then there's Bugs in the Attic. Mm. Um, tell me where you started and what your because you're not you're not a spring chicken. No, anymore, no, I'm not no spring chicken. I got in there um, too long ago actually. Now I'm, 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 I guess I um, um, 
a protege, if you like, um, of uh, Noel Watson and, and Phil Asher. I come from their sort of school of music. Yeah. Um, I, I guess sort of Phil took me under the wing back in sort of ninety, sort of three ninety four when I used to sort of frequent the record shops he used to work in. I used to work in a couple of shops as well, and so that's how we got to know each other. And that, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of a, a, a I guess a, a veteran of um, house and 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 the acid jazz scene. Uh, and as I sort of got sort of become a bit disillusioned with the house. And, you know, I, I started linking up with IG and, and dodging those guys back in sort of like 95 and started doing another label. I used to do Monkey Funk, which is sort of like um, jazz hip hop sort of based. And uh, and then from that, we sort of moved into sort of like, you know, I, I, I met the rest of the Bugs guys and we were sort of fusing all types of music like drum and bass, house and hip hop and jazz. And that sort of like, you know, started the Bugs thing. So I've sort of gone through a couple of different sort of, I've got to salute you for the bugs in the attic because not only did the album... I mean, difficult time for the yeah, album yeah. to come out, of course, with the way music is and dance music in particular is. But I have to just say, you got... To, I've been saying this, but you've got to keep the live thing going because that yeah. took it to another level, didn't it? Yeah, um, it was. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal. The, the, what, the, what, they've, what they've done, the band... Because um, it's, it's such a stressful thing. Sort of like Coming from a studio situation, which we're all sort of used to, apart from... Kaidi, um, who's you know the only sort of like live musician who sort of lives to be on stage. That's his sort of like you know, domain. Um, yeah, we're all sort of like studio, you know, boffs really. You know, that's where we you know did everything there in the studio. So it's quite easy to sort of like sort of cover and rectify mistakes or, or experiment. But to sort of do that on a on a live band sort of scale is just another thing. And you know, to, going to rehearsals and get you know doing the same thing over and over again. It's like you know. That's also sort of like a hats off, salutable sort of process because, you know, like I said, to do what we do in the studio and then take it live and, and sort of nail it, you know, it was a year's work for them. They, they yeah. worked hard yeah. it and and, it, and, it's, and, it, and now they're on the stage, you know, it, like you said, it's taken it to the next level. It's, it's, it's something where we always wanted to be, it's always what we want to do, but it's actually getting that sort of kickstart and I guess sort of doing the, the album with V2 has sort of allowed us to sort of... You know, do that. I think one of the things that a lot of people don't quite realise when they just listen to music as fans is that if you're a DJ producer, it's very easy to go into a studio, make a record without using musicians necessarily, but just by basically sampling stuff mm. and knocking out a 12 inch, knocking out some music, and then going out and DJing and getting a fee to DJ. Mm. And it's very easy to live your life that way and to earn a reasonable living. The moment it turns into a live format, it's much more complicated, much more time consuming, and a lot less financially viable. So it's it's yeah, really yeah. difficult yeah. to convince eight people to go out and not get paid, basically. Mm, that's it. Whereas if you're a DJ, that's why I think representing Ronnie Size, I remember when we did the project with them on Talking Loud, it was really difficult to say to the members like Diet, Crust, Ronnie and all the others and Sav, Sav to say to them, well, actually, guys, you're only going to get paid 50 quid tonight when mm. they could that night be earning per, that mm. 10 times that, mm. that money somewhere else. So that's it's it. a real commitment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the first... I'd say the first sort of like half of of last year of of the guys sort of you know constantly churning out and and you know working at um, rehearsing and, and um, getting the band together and, and, and working out what songs they're going to do and how they're going to do it and then bringing in, introducing new songs um, of the of of about twenty five gigs I did last year it's the same thing you know we had like a seven piece band the tour manager the the engineer um, and you know to take them around the country is expensive it costs so much money so the core 
part of the band, like the four of them who were in, in Bugs, um, you know, pretty much weren't getting paid. It was a labour of love, an intense labour of love, just to make, you know, just see it through and make sure it happens. And hopefully that all that hard work will be paid off because, you know, um, there's, a, there's a few big festivals that, that we've got, we've been lined up for next year, so... Um, hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll keep going. So there will be more shows this year, yeah, without um, an album necessarily yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, already we, we've got um, um, a small American tour and a, and a small um, Australasian tour. If you like, we're doing Malaysia, Singapore, China, and Japan. Um, yeah, so yeah. Um, what was the best gig you did last year? What was the one that was the most memorable to you and the band as a whole? Was it the New Year's Eve one? Um, yeah, I'd say the New Year's Eve one because it was like on home turf. We got all our peeps there. And and we pulled a few little surprises. We wanted um, there was one one thing that never happened. If it did, then it would have been the you know the best of all. But uh, yeah, I mean it was. You're going, to, you're going to tell us what that was. Well, <laughs> well basically, <laughs> Melissa, um, they 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 sort of um, did um, the first sort of live version of Transcend Me um, as the as the closing song. And uh, Melissa, who actually sung the record, who's been out of the loop for about five years since she had her kid, her kids. Um, so yeah, she stepped out of the whole sort of singing game. And so that was like the last recording she'd done, pretty much. And um, so yeah, and 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 she had agreed to sort of come back and do this this show and walk on and in in the middle of the song and start again and do a little cameo sort of thing. And um, yeah, but at the end, uh, I think it was a, a case of um, family comes first and something came up, so she couldn't do it. But they still went ahead and, and re- um, performed the song, and it was amazing. It was brilliant. It, um, it was really good. Everyone. You know, went nuts. They loved it. Uh, well, the thing is, as well, with that music form that you've been very much a part of, the sort of broken, whatever you want to call it, you know, from Four Hero to IG to all the releases on all the different labels, there have been some absolute classics. And yeah. when you see Bugs in the Attic with the tight rhythm section that you've got based around Kaidi, etc., mm. you know that if they did Hold It Down or if they did Transcend Me mm. or Sagey Songs yeah, yeah. Lips or whatever, they'll just smash it. Yeah, right? that's it. I, I think, I, you know, I mean, we've been doing this, like, our thing now for about, you know, the best part of sort of 10 years now. Um, but, you know, seeing it live, um, I mean, or seeing us not live, I mean, um, obviously 4Hero and IG have done it, they've done it brilliantly, and they sort of, like, you know, led the way. Um, but to see us sort of, like, do it live on stage and, you know, watching the, the, the each song and the whole process of it coming through... Um, you know, it, it is something special, but it is def- definitely the way forward. And, and I think that um, the music that we're, that, you know, we're known for making is actually sort of, if anything, meant to be live as opposed to sort of played from vinyl or, or CD. Um, it's that type of music. It's, um, and it turns into something new. Yeah, um, it brings. You know, it just yeah, you're right. It morphs into something completely different, and it's given us so many different ideas for what we want to do on stage in the future as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that works. That so means. on the subject of combining it, is there the beginnings? And I know how complicated it must be to put together a Bugs in the Attic album because there are so many of you involved in it. Mm. But is there <laughs> any, you know, is this going to be a one-off thing or do you think it's going to, are you looking towards a second album? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're right now, um, myself and Mark have um, been in the studio making new tracks. Um, I, I know the, the, the guys are still sort of busy, sort of like tying up a few other... Um, things for the live show and that um so this year i mean um, we're waiting for the next single for v2 release to, to release but once we've got that all the, the last of the the, you know, the album campaign out of the way we're going to sit there and um, readdress yeah maybe actually with the the way the fact that you are going to do some more live shows this year maybe the natural progression from the very dj produced first album mm. 
or producer produce first album. Maybe it is to do a live album. Yeah, I mean, again, um, we we spoke about that on, on several different points and um, levels. I think personally that a live album going down that road is is probably the the, the better option, um, the stronger option, and quicker as well. I mean, well, I say step aside, basement jacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know to give them absolute respect, they've just done their thing. They were coming from the right place, and they yeah. just took it to a much bigger audience, and they put on a great show. And yeah. with Bugs, it's the same thing. It's it's coming from a place, obviously, very personal place mm. that we all know about. But when anyone hears you live mm. whatever music they're into they're feeling it yeah which is the magic mm. and that's it i mean it's the energy that uh, you know that, um, that's what i was saying the, the difficulty in, in in the music we make is it's sort of like um transferring the energy that we sort of like manage to capture in the studio and put down and record down and transferring that onto stage now, the energy is always going to be much better on the stage so we we sort of figured well you know, tracks like, you know, Hold It Down and, um, you know, the big tracks around semi, blah, blah. Those sort of things, if, if they're done right and performed right, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer, it's hands down, you know, it's a win-win situation. So, um, yeah, so, again, so it's like, it's like well, we can sort of like, you, we as, as a bunch of DJs and producers, we sort of figured, well, okay, if we take some of our production skills and DJing skills and name what sort of things, elements and um, things sort of like work with the audience... And then you know you use that, and then you utilize um, Skydy's skills and Matt Lord's skills on the stage, and 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 then add that live element to it, that live energy. Then again, we should be to, onto a winner. So that's the that's the next sort of challenge for us. It's sort of like to try and morph the two things: our production and the live technique, and just do it actually completely live. And just you got to do um, you got to do gotta the, wing it. <laughs> you got to do the festival as well. You didn't go, did you, last year? The one in the south of France? No, I? no, I, I missed that one. You missed you missed the flight. <laughs> did you miss the flight? One? It was really good. But Daz was there, and we had a, such a good time. And if you're doing live shows, bugs would be brilliant, or something special. We should try and work on that. Should we put another CD in? Because yeah, yeah, uh, come, let's do this. What uh, have you got there? What is this? Um, Tarangula. This is uh, by Tego, um, one of the, the reggaeton stars of uh, of um, Puerto Rico, a New Yorker now, uh, New York. And um, it's actually an original track by Cachete um, and featuring um, Tego. So um, all the households love it. I love it. Let's try it. <laughs> Ellos solitos se enfangan. Si no 
saben que se salgan. Cada corrillo de los tracarangas. Los de la letra pentanga. A tiempo charanga. La jubilanga. No van pero mandan. No cogen y aplantan. Choteando demandan. De tanto se salvan como Yolanda la patizan. Con calma, con calma. Cuando con mi tribu los negros se entienden. Sácate el caña, vamos para el brindis. Yo pongo el flow, tú le pones hongo. Me la pusiste difícil como. Con calma, con calma. Cuando con mi tribu los negros se entienden. Sácate el caña, vamos para el brindis. Yo pongo el flow, tú le pones hongo. Yo sí soy palancú y no brego en fufú. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. Yo soy el chif y no como chif. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. A la cucaracha mato con flip. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. Yo siempre aplasto a mis enemigos. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. Cachete. Yo creí que ellos sabían de nosotros, pa. Que metan un piagote pa' que crean. Me puse. Con más un cambio, pato es solo con los mamamangas. Dándole por saco a todo el que se lanza. Para los que tiran de la baranda, los burundangas, los mojigangas. Tú quieres bulla, bullanga. Con el negro pachanga, te voy a partir la sopanda. Yo me alimento con vianda. Sara, 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 banda. No vaciles con mi chamba. Ponte payaso y malanga Con el negro pachanga Cada corrido de los tracarangas De parte del más que manda Cada corrido de los tracarangas Ellos solitos se enfangan Cada corrido de los tracarangas Si no saben que se salgan Cada corrido de los tracarangas Los de la letra pentanga A tiempo charanga La jubilanga No van pero mandan No cogen ni aplantan yo te hago demandan, de tanto te salvan como Yolanda la patizan. Con calma, con calma. Cuando con mi tribu los negros se entienden. Sácate el caña, vamos para el brindis. Yo pongo el flow, tú le pones hongo. Me la pusiste difícil como. Con calma, con calma. Ando con mi tribu, los negros se entienden. Sácate el caña, vamos pa'l brindis. Yo pongo el flow, tú le pones hongo. Te dije que está difícil como un... Ey, negro frontú, te dije a picú. Yo sí soy palancú y no brego en fufú. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. Yo soy el chif y no como chif. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. A la cucaracha mato con flip. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. Siempre aplasto a mis enemigos. Si quieres tirar, no tírenme a mí. Cachete. Yo creí que ellos sabían de nosotros, pa. Que metan un piagote pa' que crean. Me puse. ¿Qué fue? Oye, este es el remix. El underdog. ¿Con quién? Con DJ Adam. 
Heavy. That's basically organic morphing of yeah. different cultures, and it works. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, that's that, that, that's the fusion of um, technology and old analogous. <laughs> and how did that track? Because that it was a bit of an odd sort of. Yeah, um, it's really weird. I mean, basically, like I said, it's a, it's an original by Cachete featuring Tego, um, you know, like the big reggaeton singer out there, and uh, uh, apparently some guy called DJ Adam, who's done a fine job of re-editing it all together. Um, yeah, it just it just landed on on the, the desk at Candela one day and I was like yeah I have a listen and played it and I passed out by halfway through I was like wow this is wicked it works so. one thing I was wondering you know when um, Louis Vega and Kenny they did the new Reconsole project and mm. they were fusing things at, at an early time with the salsa and, yeah. and the dance music are they are they on are you playing are they getting this stuff yeah yeah I mean like I'm, I'm sending Kenny stuff and bits and pieces all the time. I'm, I, there's, there's one track I, I, I um, Kenny sent me over, and um, I did a beat and um, sent it back to him, and you know, just um, getting some vocals done by Bembe and Amalia in, in Canada, uh, getting some percussion laid down in Japan. So it's turned into a, a massive uh, global track, actually. So yeah. And how's technology playing a part for you? You're just explaining that you can sort of share files and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even like even simple things like you know. I, I talked to Kenny on, on, on iChat. So we're basically just transferring files and, and you know, between here and, and New York and Japan or whatever, just sending over a file, just download the file, they'll pick up their end, chop it up, do their bit and send it back. And, and is yeah. the quality as good as it would be if you were all in the same studio together? Um, yeah. I mean, when I think about it, you know, if that was 10 years ago, then I'll record it through my headphone jack onto a, you know... Through through some some sort of substandard sort of mixing DJ system or whatever, and and worked it that way and tried to clean up. So now, I mean, we're, we're sampling at CD quality and you know compressing the files and um, send it across. They open it up, un, you know, uncompressing it, and it's exactly the same. So and a lot of different people are now getting inspired by these rhythms and beats. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, like I can go to Japan and Japan's a massive market for Latin music, so they appreciate that. They, they appreciate, you know, the, the the UK and American imports. And, you know, again, we're just fusing it. So uh, naturally, you know, um, it, it seems to be working well over there. Likewise with Europe as well. You can go to Germany and Portugal and those places that sort of appreciate Latin music. Um, admittedly, it's more Brazilian, um, but still, you know, anything with a conga in it uh, and, you know, get some going. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking of, like, different people getting on, on getting inspired by it. You just, we're about to play a track, a Norman Cook track, right? Yeah, this is a, this is another, a plenar, um, a plenar track um, by the Mighty Dubcats. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Um, it's, it's, it's wicked. It's brilliant. I played it in Puerto Rico and the place went nuts. So it's bona fide. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Via, 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 via
That's actually a longer version. But yeah, can... yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> um, I, I have two copies of that, but um, that is the, the corrupted version, but don't worry about that. It's uh, all good. Thank God for the pioneer, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, just dis- I've just discovered how that works the last couple of years, well, the last sort of six months, after doing festivals galore for years. I've never really known what this machine does apart from play and cue, but there's all these other switches on the pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> and now I can loop and I can sample, and it's really Well, great. that's exactly what I have to do now. It's like I get to about five seconds from the end and just rewind, cue, and play again, so you get three minutes of it instead of one and a half. <laughs> so what is it with um, the kids in, in, in Puerto Rico that they're into generally um, it's, a, it's a strange one actually because most of them majority of them are into sort of um, dem, uh, um, US imports British imports what kind of imports commercial house um, it's straight up you know pretty much you know the Kiss FM during the daytime daytime sort of stuff And um, but there's, a, there's most of them um, still appreciate and, and like traditional salsa and rumba a lot of them a lot more the ghetto kids want to get away with that and want to sort of like you know they shun that sort of image and that sound they, they think that's not you know the, the sound of their parents and and so forth um and they sort of like you know they want to get away from that but majority of them still appreciate it and you know it's like you know, every christmas bank holiday all the classics come out and everybody's singing all these songs like you know like like the manana pulling manana which Sage did the area the Vasilando, the Golpe that I did, the Carnival track. There's all these tracks that, that you know, they're sort of like um, the equivalents of, uh, uh, I don't know, Knees Up Mother Brown, if you like. You know, they, everybody knows it sort of thing. They go way back sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, for us to sort of like take do these tracks and sort of do new modern versions of them and sort of fuse the you know, contemporary sort of dance with that to what they're, what they're into, it's sort of like it works, you know, on both sides. But sort of when we play sort of like the, the traditional sort of stuff and some of the, the experimental stuff experimental stuff we've done, um that sounds more organic and traditional. It is just amazing to watch, you know, the home crowd 
on their home turf, um, you know, dance and, and, and sort of like, you know, get into it. You know, the dancing is completely different to how we dance over here. Everything's based on, you know, the head and the neck sort of like, you know, just a bop. And immediately when you go over there, the first thing you notice when people are subconsciously listening or getting into a rhythm, they're moving their hips. So it's completely different. And you start seeing all this different type of choreography and, and dance moves that you just don't see. And it's just an amazing thing it's just it's 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 crazy like you, there's there's more energy on the dance floor um from the rhythm and the movements of the people than there is from the actual music the music just like enhances that if anything yeah it's like so it's quite um it's 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 quite surreal <laughs> i want to ask you a question i want to tell, find out if this is true or not um i was talking to Sinbad again the other mm. day and he was telling me that he was over there with you recently sort mm. of um putting this brocaton thing to bed um developing it and um he got a knock at the door downstairs in the studio and he opened the door someone opened the door and it was mariah carey yeah he told me that that's <laughs> right yeah um what's she doing there well yeah i i, I guess um yeah apparently i don't know if i believe him though well um i i, I think maybe it, you know it might have been a case of sunstroke might, the heat might have been getting to him he might have seen things but um I, you know, but I, I wouldn't surpri- it wouldn't surprise me though because a couple of times I've been over there, I've seen some famous people over there. The first time I went over there, I saw um, uh, the guy from Usual Suspects and and Kevin Spacey. No, no, um, <laughs> the Toro, Delta, um, ben, oh, right, right, Benita de Toro, whatever his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. We was was crate digging one in, in in this infamous hardware store that sells loads of old vinyl and that you can go in there. Um, I'm sure Will Quantix told you about that. And and yeah, we was in there one day and. You know, he comes out from... He was like a special guest who was allowed upstairs into the secret room where no one's really allowed to go and spend loads of money. And he walks downstairs and I'm like, wow, that's that guy. He's like, um, <laughs> um, you know, another time I was over there, we, I, I saw uh, uh, Clooney, George Clooney, um, seen um, Celia... Uh, not Celia Cruz, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. We have a little actress... Something cruise. Oh yeah, no, um, Rosie thing. Yeah, yeah, her. I saw her at the airport. So yeah, there's been a few people. Over. I mean, they all go back out there. All all their families from there. So I guess they're all going back there from you know time to time to visit and say what's up to the folks. So break down exactly what the plan is with releases because I'm a bit confused. You've got Candela, the label. Yeah. That's your label. Candela is basically we've got Pablo Rodriguez. He's the guy who owns um, the bars and the clubs that we, we sort of play at in Puerto Rico. And he he's, organises art shows and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he does art festivals, music and art festivals. Um, and he's the guy, basically, he's the main sort of like the linchpin for sort of bringing over, you know, all the sort of like contemporary artists like Sulade and Sinbad, Say Do Me, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he has his, his, his bar, Candela. Um, I set up a label for him called Candela, which is basically going to... The idea was originally um, to record um, the live tracks at his live club, Rumba, then take them into the studio, mix them down, and then put them out as, as seven-inch recordings and albums by the local artists, which would have comprised of Cachete, um, Tempo Elmar, uh, Totti Augusto, Giovanni Ildago, Sami Ayar, and Roberto Arena. Those are the, the, the five or six main artists that were going to record albums for Candela. And then as, on top of that, we'd have other, other bands like Sol, um, Sonia Barté and um, Hector Calderon, do their their albums and their recordings in the club, um, but it's really funny because like in Puerto Rico, it's basically Spain in Jamaica, <laughs> so everything's mañana, no problemo, and that's the attitude to life. So if you say to someone, right, we'll start work at twelve o'clock in the studio, twelve o'clock actually means six o'clock in the evening, 
after they've been out for dinner and come back and then gone back downstairs to the bar to get a rum and then come back upstairs. So it's about half eight we start working. And then the same thing happens inside the clubs. They went to start, you know, performing at six and half the band won't turn up till eight o'clock or so. Um, and then it, the other half of the band won't even turn up. So what happens is they'll end up using like a percussionist, a bongo player, um, a Trez guitar player and from, from the from the crowd who just come up and then jam with them. So what happens is they don't end up doing um, f- three or four hours of, of their own music and a couple cover songs. They end up doing a couple cover songs and loads of jams sort of just winging it. So what happened was we ended up recording this stuff and having all this sort of jammed wing sessioning and we thought well we can actually mess around with this and start you know trying different beats and blah blah. So we started doing that and that's how we got the likes of Goldpay and Carnival come up. Um... So then we thought, okay, we'll all set up another label, which would be the Bittersweet Candela, um, which would be more dance, experimental-based. Um, so then that's how that came about. And, you know, after sort of like three years' work and, you know, probably there's probably about 50 tracks we've recorded in total, only about five or six of them have come out so far. Um, so the idea is uh, we will release it on a series of albums. We'll have the Hey Show and Casa, which is the first album, um, which is basically uh, an amalgamation of of you know, everybody's music that we record over there. We've got um, a Brocky album, which is basically the, the Puerto Rican and Friends Collective, which is basically those guys and then all the different DJs that have come over and done tracks with them. So there's going to be that album series coming out, and then also the, the traditional recordings that we record there. Um, so the, the basic idea is, is to um, release um, the DJ vinyl um, and then release everything else as a book which basically documents the last sort of four years of, of working and um, you know, just whatever happened. You know, there's shenanigans over there and little run-ins. Um, um, <laughs> You've been which, filming it as well? Yeah, we've been filming it. Um, we've been, you know, there's so much photography from all loads of these great up-and-coming and, and um, sort of good uh, photographers over there, as, as well as, like, you know, the artists that Pablo's been bringing over. Um, so all that will be featured in the book as well as the music. Yeah. So it's a pretty damn good. Yeah, cost. yeah. I mean, I think um, actually, I've, the, the the best thing about it is actual the fusion of of, of the the music and the art. Um, you know, Pablo's. We've had people over like um, Lee Quinones and and Doze Green from the Wild Style. Um, you know, Robbie Bear and Mitch Swifty, uh, the heavyweight guys, Design, and them not from New York. Um, and then you know, plus loads of like um, again, sort of like locals from San Juan and San Sebastian and that. Well, so yeah, so that's that. That be um, featured heavily in the book as well. Um, When's is, this all coming up? Well, we've never done books before, so we haven't got a clue. <laughs> and it, it, and it, and we've, we've been ambitious, and we set, we've tried to set dates, but you know, it, it's a different ball game, sort of doing um, distributing and moving books as opposed to records and and and, and tapes and CDs. But I'm yeah. sure books sell more than records these days. Well, that's what we figured, and we we thought, you know, um, and, and also it's a case of sort of like you know, tr- um, just trying to sort of like. Uh, Broaden our market, our market base, if you like, um, by offering by offering you know some story literature, the, the photogra- um, photographic artwork, and, and the actual paintings and designed artwork, as well as the music. You know, we're hoping that we can sort of appeal to a, a few more people than just. The... It sounds to me like you've got a great concept, which is such a great idea, which is so ahead of its time in a lot of ways. And if you can find gallery spaces around the world you can take this around the place yeah that's it i mean that's that's the idea i mean um we're we're hoping um we're we're talking right now with a a couple people but um we've got a show arranged in 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 puerto rico which is basically exactly that an art gallery an art show 
um, with the DJs and a couple live bands playing. Um, and we're talking to a couple of people over here, so hopefully, sort of August, October time, um, we'll have the, the whole thing on the road, and um, yeah, there'll be like two or three different parties that we can go and have, uh, sort of, a, you know, have this 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 stuff featured at. <laughs> yeah, watch out, Candela at the Tate Modern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spiritual this stuff though yeah. isn't it <laughs> i mean i can imagine uh, what i'd like from you actually right now is okay you've landed in puerto rico you've come out of the airport it's very hot 
Right. T- describe sort of the place and uh, and San Juan, right? Hmm. And and where the the the, the art gallery is and and, and the vibe. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it's just like going on any holiday. You get there, and the first thing you notice is the heat and you know the humidity, how hot it is, and you know it's somewhere in the like eighties. All year round. All year round. Um, they have storms um, there, but even the, then, the rain's hot while it pours down on you, so you don't mind that. You don't mind getting soaked. It just cools you down. Um, so many mosquitoes. You just get absolutely peppered with mosquitoes. That's the second thing you notice as soon as you get off the plane. Um, and then the people, I mean, there's something about the people. I loved it there. They're, you know, it's, obviously it's very close to my, my home. I'm in the West Indies, so I'm a few hundred miles from Jamaica from my dad's side and a few hundred miles from mum's side in Guyana. So um, the mix of people there is, is, is really... Um, it, was, it was a massive culture shock for me because, like, to go there and you see white people that look like black people and black people that look white and Indian people that look like both and... Um, and and there doesn't seem to be um, that sort of like cultural segregation like you see like here in some place over here and like in you know in America and things like that. Um, Poor? So, is there a rich section? Is yeah, it? obviously it's the same. It's exactly the same. It's you know the the whole you know the whole system is just like a franchise. You know what I mean? It's like McDonald's is no different from here than it is in Puerto Rico. It might taste slightly different, but essentially it's the same sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean there's a, there's a there's a massive massive uh, poor. Um, section of, of of society there, and then obviously a, a small of small section of the rich, which is based, which are pretty much based in in San Juan and and Ponce. Um, but you know, again, it's like um, you get in a cab and they're listening to salsa, um, and you can then the cab driver will tune into a commercial station. And you hear this real tacky sort of like um, commercial Spanish sort of Latin music, and it's like oh, give me some of the real stuff, and you know. And, um, and the musicians that you just we just heard there, what what was that just now? Um, that guy was um, that was um, Totti Nagosta. He's one of the um, one of the guys who played with Cachete's band. Um, you know, part of the Fania All Stars set up. Um, been playing with them, touring with them for like you know thirty odd years. He's probably about sixty five now, um, and and still going strong. <laughs> you know, we'll party us lot easily under the table any time of the week. <laughs> Yeah, so. And how old? I mean, it's like up until 70, 75, Buena Vista Social Club sort of... Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, you know, the, I'm going in the, into the studio with these guys and, you know, it's like they, they, they come in and they're doing their, their thing and, um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm just stern and wide-eyed, obviously, because, like, I've collected most of their records all my life, I've collected life, and here I am in the studio actually working with them and, and jamming and having a laugh with them. So it's, it's quite an experience, but... Uh, I have to say some of the some of the um, shocks I had. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to go any further. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener. <laughs> oh, really, um, we're going to play another track right now. So the album's going to be um, coming in bits and bobs. We'll let people know when that's all happening. Mm. And and in terms of sort of website action for you, um, where do people get in touch with you and all that sort of stuff? Well, for this stuff, all the the HL and Casa, it's um, um, all the information will be on casacandela.com. Um, and also, I mean, there'll be bits of it on, on our website and the Bittersweet website, but most of it on, on the Casacandela website.com and uh, kudos.com, which is Q-O-O-D-O-S. Okay. Uh, not the way you expect it to be. Um, yeah, that's a new website that Pablo's actually sort of designed for um, for San Juan, Puerto Rico, 
Um, it's going to be based around the sort of like information for the music and the art that he's got coming out. Um, it's, it's basically a, a Puerto Rican version of uh, MySpace, I guess. So. And check it out, and all shall be revealed. So, outside of the Puerto Rican stuff, from your point of view, a few sort of things that I'm quite curious about with the way you're playing out and stuff. You're still spinning all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got back from Japan and China. A little, a nice little scourging out there. What was China like? Mental, as always. Uh, crazy. It's, it's, it's the maddest place I've ever been to in my life. I love it there. I actually love it. Um, I could, I could go back there quite easily. Um, but yeah. Beijing? Um, uh, no, just Shanghai this time. Um, but next time I go, I shall be um, um, frequent in a few other places, a few other towns like Beijing. Uh, yeah. And are you um, playing records or are you playing CDs? Always CDs, always CDs. Right. Um, yeah, I can't be doing that. You can't be going to, to Japan and taking over 20 kilos of records and then and your clothes and then come back with the same 20 kilos of records plus about 15 kilos of what you've been given and then getting charged £600 excess fare. So, yeah. you know, CDs are a godsend in, um, in that sense. Are you playing it off the computer? Um, no, not yet. I haven't, I haven't um, made the, the leap to that yet. I'm still uh, half digital, half analogue, I'm afraid. Yeah, I find that's going to take a while, but I'm just getting into my iTunes at the moment. It's taken me. Um, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I'm at least five years behind on that one, but, but I can. But it's great reserve, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the sort of next league of DJs. Then you know, I don't even know if they'd be taking CDs with them. It'd be a case of just like you know, bringing out your little, your your USB key or your flash card or you know, and just stick it into the mixer, and that's it. It's like scroll through your yeah. your list and away you go. Um, yeah, no, I'm still um, CDs, I'm afraid. And uh, here in the UK, um, co-op's still going strong. Yep, absolutely. Um, from strength to strength. Uh, um, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a a great surprise and. Uh, an honour to pick up the uh, the best club board again, um, so that's good for us. But yeah, it just shows, you know. Um, Book my... <laughs> is that you? <laughs> yeah, that's IG. IG like working out the next. I tell you what, let's play a record. Okay. Let's play a tune. Play.
That is really great. Oh, thank you, mate. Uh, that's a, a brand new track by Sammy Ayar. He's about 75 years old, and that's him and his son. He came down for the weekend and came in the studio and recorded with um, Emilio and, 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 and Hector and some of the guys. So, yeah. Um, Good stuff. That's in the box. I'm dubbing that. Yeah, yeah, that's all yours. In fact, that's coming out. We've just cut that. That's going to be on a 7-inch in about... Probably about another two months' time it'll be here. But, um, yeah, we're getting the test pressings in, so... Um, it's all yours. Pleasure to have you here, man. Really, <laughs> Thank you. Really Thank great. You. We should do this more regularly. Yes, I'd love to. Um, what are you going to be doing in the next sort of couple of months? Um, Where can one hear you play? Can you play? Oh, by the way, before we talk about what your gigs, are you doing a compilation for Fanny? You've got to do one. Yeah, we are. We, are, we were just speaking with, um, with Paul and that at, at V2. Um, and um, in, in fact, it was, it's, it's quite uncanny, actually, because last year when I was in Puerto Rico... Um, Pablo, our partner, his, his one of his friends who he grew up with in, in school, it was was handling the rights for the whole Fanny back catalogue, and Pablo was trying to acquire it through his friend, and um, they said they had a few interests. I didn't know it was V two, uh, and it turned out to be V two was like the the one who sort of won the tender, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, Pablo was um, trying to get it, and the, and the the idea again was to do exactly the same thing as like you know the Verve remix and that, and sort of basically bring all that in and bring the people like IG and Mark and all the other people that we've sort of invited up to Puerto Rico, get Iros and Jazzanovas to all sort of chip in, do mixes of and reissue. Um, but then, um, yeah, V2 came and said, Oh, we've got the Fania and you know, we'd like to do something. We're like, Oh my god, well, we was actually talking about that last year, let's get it on. So, yeah, um, soon come, soon great, come. great. Yeah, it's an amazing catalogue. Mm, I, mm. I think it's quite a bold move 
for them to um, to pick that up for the world. But they're getting on with a lot of compilations, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and maybe they'll bring the Fania All Stars over here. Oh, well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? In one form or <laughs> another, <a> tad. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be really good. Um, so yeah, what have you got coming up? Do you play, do you do sets where you play this? You yeah, do... yeah. I mean, basically, I just started playing. You know, I mean, pretty much every time I come back from Puerto Rico, um, I come back with a better load of tunes and. Um, I test the water out, so to speak, at co-op and a couple other sort of like, uh, local sort of haunts. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always sort of playing the stuff, whether it's in in a house set or in my broken set. I'll I'll, I'll play a few of the tracks just to. Uh... Are there any um, up and coming producers that we need to be looking out for? Because you have got a good ear. Um, yeah, I mean, um, um, we just uh, signed Kei Suzuki to co-op. He's a brilliant producer, young kid, um, up and coming. He's got loads of excellent new stuff. Um, there's another guy um, I, I met in Japan called Arup. Uh, he's got some really brilliant material as well. Um, uh, there's Emilio Velez, one of my friends in, in, in Puerto Rico. Um, again, an amazing producer, songwriter. Um, yeah, there's a, there's, 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 a, there's a few others as well coming through the, through the, through the ropes. On even uh, home sides, uh, uh, a couple of kids now like DJ Rumble and... Um, like even Bug Nine, he's been around for ages, but you know the material they're all coming up with now is just like next level. So you still seem very motivated. Yeah, you? yeah, um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, man, because uh, usually I'm sort of like I'm I'm one of those sort of people who gets very bored quite quickly and sort of moves on to the next sort of thing without even realising it. And yeah, uh, but yeah, here I am, still sort of bugging out about music and that. Um, I think once we've got this, once I put this book to bed, though, it's like, right, <laughs> time to sort of, like, sit down and... Uh... There's a cart book as well, though, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's that as well. I mean, basically, we're doing the the, the, the H.O. and Castle book. Um, is going to be sort of like the uh, the prequel, if you like, is the, um, to the, the co-op book. The, and, and it's sort of like, if anything, I mean, we're using this, I'm using this sort of like just to gather a little bit of experience and, and try and get my head around the whole sort of book publishing sort of game. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I've, we've got a nice team together who's working to make the cult book happen, and, and that's the one we want to make sort of special because that's sort of like about the whole sort of 10 years, sort of like last 10 years of music, and it's not sort of exclusively about co-op or the broken beat scene or movement. It's about sort of like everything that sort of helps the music and, and um, you know, just youth um, culture, if you like, in in, in Britain and, 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 you know, how it's sort of like, how we're sort of... Uh, how we interact with the rest of the world with it, uh, and and you know it's not just about the music; it's about art, fashion, uh, literature, dance, the whole lot. So, um, should be uh, interesting. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, we're going to finish off with a classic which never ever came out. Yes, it's going to come out. So it's part of a H.O. and Casa. Um, it was just down to the licensing and and, and copyright. Basically, um, uh, Masters at Work Records own the copyright. Uh, of the track which Mark DeClive had sold to, sold to them um, and what happened was when I first went to Puerto Rico or went back to go and live over there for a year um, Mark asked me if I was interested in doing a remix of, of, of his track that he's going to give to them to put out and I was like yeah I'll do a mix of it and I'll get it back to you and I said to him I'll do a Puerto Rican version and so I took it over there and Emilio and Chucky the two guys I was working with over there um, they got some guys in um like Hector and Totin and, and Tempo, they came in, recorded a load of percussion and instrumentation and music and that. Um, and then we sort of like just um, knocked it out, I guess. But then the problem came as um, like Masters at Work didn't want to pay for the, the recording costs 
um, which meant that we would have to pay for it. But then we was like, well, if we pay for it, then obviously we're going to have to recoup that. You know, we'll, we'll put it on the compilation. And then it just got into a whole sort of legal wranglings and it just longed it out. So we, at one point, we ended up sort of snoring off and leaving it. But then it just sort of like stayed on the ceiling and became this sort of classic that everyone was like bugging for. So, you know, got back on the phone and it's like, right, Kenny, we've got to sort this out. So eventually, finally, it's been put to bed and it's going to come out. Great. Listen, thank you very much, mate. All right. Nice here. <laughs> Yeah. 